Oh my God, thank God you're back, Rob. What took you so long? Oh, it's, you know, I went to the first butcher shop and I asked for, you know, what I was looking for. And the guy just stared at me like I had three heads. And so I was basically all over town trying to find the right butcher shop. And finally, finally, I went to this little hole in the wall one and I got, I got our little animal brains here. Well, thank you. I appreciate you going out. I don't mean to seem like difficult or anything. It's just, he's so demanding. And I just, I just, you know, we got to like keep him happy because if he goes, then that like juice goes. And man, I got to have that juice. It's yeah, I'm telling you, it's already starting to wear off right now and it does not feel good. I, I really need to get my fix and soon. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. So we, uh, we got, uh, he's in the bathtub like he always is just lounging around while we do all the work, but yeah, let's just get him fed and maybe he'll be quiet and, you know, kind of just give us a little jab or two of that stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Let's let's get let's get the brains to him before oh, any before yeah, anything bad happens. So stressful. Uh, Rob, he's not in the tub. Oh, Rob, where, where, Rob? Oh, oh no! Oh my God! Oh no! Where he where the hell could gone. he be, Elmer? No. Oh my God, Elmer. Elmer! He cannot be gone, Rob. Elmer. This is not happening. Rob, Elmer, where are you? Come oh, here, boy. He's so little. Oh my God. Where did that little turd go? Oh my God, this is not good. If he's gotten out, what will we do? How are we going to get our fix? I'm our, oh. Oh my God, I can't handle this, Rob. What are we going to do? I don't know. Uh, Elmer, I can't. Uh, where are you, you little bastard? Oh, Rob, I can't, I can't. I mean, no. we could no. always, we could always watch Virus. I'm not watching Virus. <laughs> Welcome back, Midnight Mass Creature Cast fans. Apparently, you didn't learn your lesson last time and you're back for more punishment. This time around, we're covering Brain Damage from 1988, and it's director, directed by Frank Henenlotter. This one was my pick, uh, so I have uh, a pass with this. But I'm curious, Rob, when did you first see the film? If I only had a brain. <laughs> um, I first saw this last night which was my okay. very, 
I, I can't believe this movie was not on my radar. I, I'm kind of glad that it wasn't because I'm excited that I was the first one to introduce you to this. <laughs> oh, man, this was a trip and a half. All right. Now, did you watch it on, uh, like, did you stream it? I'm assuming you didn't run out and buy it, probably. Uh, no, I probably would have a lot of trouble finding a hard copy of this. So, yes, I did watch it on streaming. Okay. All right. Um, now, I actually, and actually, if you do feel the need to own a physical copy, anybody out there in listening land, I'm pretty sure that the Arrow Blu-ray is still available. I don't think it's out of print, and that's how I watched mine. Um, God bless Arrow Video. That's all I can say. Uh, now, this was uh, directed, as I said before, by Frank Henenlotter. Um, He directed Basket Case 1, 2, and 3. Um, and he also directed another one I love very much, Frankenhooker, which I would love to cover <laughs> that with you sometime. Frankenhooker. I like that. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. Uh, he also did Bad Biology, um, which I think it was, oh, gosh, am I speaking out of turn? It was either Vinegar Syndrome or Severin that just put that one out. Um, and that's from 2008. And then one that I love so much that he did, it's called That's Sexploitation. And that one came out in 2013. And that one is a, a Severin Films release, too. Um, but that's some of the things that uh, Mr. Frank Hennenlotter has done. Okay. Now, I do recall Basket Case. Um, oh, okay. But all of the other ones, they don't sound familiar to me. Now, are you? have you seen Basket Case? A very long time ago. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. That's cool. Um, and now the majority of the uh, thespians in here, this is a kind of one and done thing for them. They didn't really do many other things other than this. Um, so I was just going to go through them real quick if you're okay with that. Sure. Now, to me, the biggest star in the film would be Joe Gonzalez. Um, and he would be the guy in the shower. Um, <laughs> I, I think I've got that in my notes. It's like Mark's favorite part. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But he actually was in Frankenhooker since we're talking about him. He plays Zorro in Frankenhooker. Um, but the real star of the show, well, the real human star of the show would be Brian. Um, and that is Rick. It, when he did this, he was Rick Herbst, um, H-E-R-B-S-T. But later he changed to Rick Hurst. Um, now, the only other thing that I've seen him in was Warlock 3, The End of Innocence. Hmm. And I have seen Warlock 3, The End of Innocence, but I don't recall this actor. He said the same thing about you. He's like, I'm pretty sure Rob has seen that film, but I don't recall him watching it. Yeah. <laughs> the film must have been watching me. Right, right. And then now, the to me, one of the standout performances is by a non-human, and that is the little creature called Al- Almer, A-Y-L-M-E-R. And that was voiced by John uh, Zachary, or um, more famously, he's known as Zachary. And he was a horror host um, from like, you know, Elvira or, you know, uh, Joe Bob Briggs, that kind of thing. Okay. Now his show um, uh, was uh, ran in New York City on WORTB Channel 9 from 1959 to 1960. I first became familiar with him on a VHS tape that I had that he hosted. It was basically horror video clips. Um, it was called Horrible Horror, and that was released in 1986. Uh, he also starred in Frankenhooker, directed by Mr. Hennenlotter. Oh. Yes. Um, now, in the film, Brian, Liz was his brother, Mike, 
who's played by Gordon McDonald. And I couldn't, I think this is his only film. Um, Brian's girlfriend is Barbara and that's Jennifer Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y. And again, I didn't see anything else that she had done. Um, and then there are some neighbors, uh, the couple that originally owned the little creature that uh, causes all this havoc. Um, and that's uh, Morris, played by Theo Barnes, and Martha, played by Lucille St. Peter. And again, I don't know anything else that they had done. Oh, yeah, I just wrote them down as the Ackermans. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, which, now that you say Ackerman, it just like a bell like went off in my mind. I So, uh, Forey Ackerman or Forrest J. Ackerman. Um, was one of the people behind Famous Monster Magazine. And I wonder if that was like an homage to him, naming them the Ackermans. Interesting. Possibly, yeah. Uh, yes. Anyway, okay. So just real quick, um, I want to do the the makeup effect people just very quickly. Um, Gabriel Bartolas worked on this. He also worked on um, Mr. Hennenlotter's Basket Case, Frankenhooker, and Bad Biology. He also worked on Spookies from 86 and Leprechaun from 92. He's done a lot of stuff, but I just picked out a couple things. And he was also joined by, I'm going to butcher the last name and I totally apologize because um, I'm sure this man is listening. Uh, Al Magliocetti, M-A-G-L-I-O-C-H-E-T-T-I. Uh, he also worked on Spookies with Mr. Uh, Bartolos. Uh, he worked on the Friday the 13th series. Um, he worked on Jason Goes to Hell. The final Friday from 93. He also worked on Shrunken Heads from 94. That's the Charles Band one, which is really kind of fun. We might want to do that later down our, our trail here of, of films we cover. And another one that I love that's not horror, but I love it because it's got Scarlett Johansson in it. Uh, he did a Ghost World, which also has Steve Buscemi in it. So those are our people. Um, uh, so I guess we should just start, just jump right in if you're okay with it. Sure. The water's fine. Let's hop in. The water's fine. <laughs> the water's blue. Let's hop well, into gonna, it. <laughs> the water's really blue. <clears throat> so it opens with basically a bunch of like African fetish statues and everything because we're in the apartment of, like you said, the Ackermans. Yeah. Um, it's a married couple. And um, and uh, I'm guessing that uh, one of them was some sort of anthropologist, maybe. I'm assuming it's the man. I don't know why. I just assume it was him. Um, but yes, I would agree with you ju judging from all the artifacts and things like they have around the house and like in all them crazy, like the wall full of books and everything there. Well, yes. And also I'm jumping ahead to like later in the film, but his spiel that he gives later would make me think that he was the one who brought the creature into their home. Oh, right. Right. Cause then he, he's giving like a history lesson on it. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. So basically what they have is this little blue kind of phallic looking creature, um, which it was discussed in, in trivia that I had read that it actually like Mr. Hannah uh, Lauder said that he wanted something almost dildo like looking. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> phallic looking creature um, named Almer um, that attaches itself to its host's back. It's parasitic. And then it injects like through like a little puncture wound in the back of the, 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 the neck, like at the spinal column into the brain. And then it injects like a little blue goo into the brain, which becomes like an, an addictive element um, that the host begins to crave. Yeah. Um, but also, while the host is under this 
almost like hypnotic spell or high, um, that gives Almer a chance to disconnect from the host and then actually attack another victim and <laughs> feast on their brains. <laughs> yeah. Now, I... Okay, so you said like phallic looking. My first thought was it was kind of like a gray turd. Yes, that too, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it even not to be gross, but even like tapers at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then that that face with like the the two eyes close together. Yeah. You know? And they're blue. If I'm not mistaken, he's got little blue eyes. They might and, be. Uh, I don't recall that, but yeah, a face full of fangs. Yeah, but he, just the, like quite the guy. Just the like, I can only imagine that the tactile sensation is very unpleasant. Uh, yes, 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 yes. He's got like little tiny suction cups on his little tummy and everything. Yeah, and he's like veined. He's veined. Um, and not only that, he's but a, he's bumpy on the back, like a, like a corn turd or something. <laughs> <laughs> but all the negative things that Rob is saying is more than made up for by his winning, charming personality. Oh, yes. This, he's got quite the personality. Yes, he's quite the charmer. Well, so in the same apartment building, um, which, by the way, was an empty factory. So everything um, was done just for the shoot. Uh, oh, they nice. didn't go. Yes, um, for the most part. Or it was done guerrilla film style. So like some of the scenes, like... Um, uh, coming up, there's there's one death scene that was actually filmed in a different building, but they didn't have permission. They like actually snuck into the boiler room and did it. So everything was like they did not have like permits or anything. It was all like guerrilla warfare oh. filming this thing, which is kind of par for the course for Mr. Hennenlotter. That's why I think he's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so Brian is their neighbor and he's asleep. And what has happened, the couple have been feeding Almer animal brain. But Almer craves human brains and he got sick of li living in their bathtub and he's escaped yeah. and gone to Brian's apartment. And we don't like we just think uh, well, upon first meeting Brian, we just think like he's a really tired and lazy kind of guy because, you know, he's in bed most of the time. He won't get up. Now, I the, my first thought when I was watching it this time, I thought he's got COVID. And I thought, no, he doesn't because it wasn't made during COVID. <laughs> And I'm not making light of COVID, but like, that's where my mind went automatically. I'm like, he's got all the signs of COVID. Oh, wow. Um, but, but yeah, but he also lives with his brother, their roommates. Yeah. Um, and so now apparently Barbara, his girlfriend, they were supposed to go out that night to a concert. Mm -hmm. So, but Brian is just not feeling it because what's happened is Almer has actually gotten a hold of Brian. Yeah, like apparently, and we don't find out until late, a little bit later on, but yeah, Brian is like totally out of it. Yes, but because Brian doesn't feel well and he doesn't want to let Barbara down, he just says, hey, you know what, let's have um, my brother, Mike, just escort you to the concert. That way you don't have to not go because I don't feel well. And did you get the the image, like the way the brother was looking at his girlfriend? It's like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to try to put the moves on her sooner or later. Oh, it was clear, like, way before it comes into light for the viewer, mm -hmm. I thought that he liked her. Yeah, yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, I knew that almost immediately. I was like, whoa, whoa, something's going on here. Yeah. Or 
much like Fright Night, these two look like they too could have been, if they weren't brothers, they could have been boyfriends too. Um, Yeah, that, that that is possible. Yes. And speaking of Fright Night, I have a very quick corrections because I made a huge mistake. Susan Sarandon is or was Chris Sarandon's wife, not his sister. She kept his maiden name. This is for everybody out in listening land. She kept his maiden name of Sarandon um, as her professional name. So on the podcast last week, I made them siblings. I apologize to everyone involved. Uh, Please don't send me death threats, anybody. Um, But that was my bad. And I try very hard to be professional. I don't want this to be a podcast where people's like, he just makes stuff up. I really thought I had done my research. I am so sorry. Thank God my husband, Walter, listens to the show. Uh, He came and he corrected me while we were doing yard work. So (laughs) I just want to make sure everyone knows that. And I do apologize. But anyway, the earth is flat and everyone knows that. (laughs) And if you believe it's round, you're stupid. No, I'm joking. Okay. So, (laughs) so yeah. So Brian is clearly not doing well. Um, Then eventually we get like, he's staring at that ceiling. Yeah. And it turns into an eyeball. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's really (laughs) losing a grasp on reality quickly. Um, So. Now, I also love that the Ackermans are like doing a door-to-door search of people's bathrooms just by rushing in. Oh, yeah. And they're not looking so good. Like, they they progressively no. look worse throughout the film, but right now they just do not look well. No, they don't look good at all. Um, and then eventually they're like on the floor foaming at the mouth, too, which I love that. They're like rabbit-looking people. And I thought they were dead at that point. I was like, oh, yes, it's just like they're gone. Yes, I thought so too. Yes, I'm right there with you. Um, so Brian, while he's in bed, he actually kind of like sits up a little bit and kind of reaches behind and realizes he's like bleeding from somewhere on his body, like at the back of his head somewhere. Yeah. And his his like bed's all bloody and he gets up and he's very woozy probably i'm guessing from like maybe the combination of almer and the blood loss maybe i'm guessing um and this is where he like falls to the floor and he gets that whole like light show and everything and then i guess part of the drug entering your body or like not drug i guess what would you say at the the liquid from almer entering your body like um scenes go into like like a, a negative like if you take a negative of a picture Oh yeah, it's but almost flashing negative, but they're in color too, like yeah. two, like two tone bright colors, and it's very psychedelic looking. Yeah, it's definitely um, weird. Yes, yes, and then all, and then he's like, so he like manages to make it back to bed, and then the water, the room just starts filling with this blue water. <laughs> yes, and I'm sorry, but if you're, I mean, okay, if you're high, then you don't care about stuff, but then if you're in enveloped in water. <laughs> I think you're going to start caring, you know, it's like, Hey, I need air. I'm drowning here. Oh, I'm too high to care. No, it, I don't think it works like that. See, I was thinking this, this is just me. I was thinking he was so euphoric that it didn't matter. Like it was just like anything could have happened to him. He was just like the, 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 the blue and jet, the blue juice. Like it just overrode everything. Maybe I did not matter for me. I think I would be freaking out at that point, but yeah, you're, you could be right. He, maybe he was just like in, 
in like happy land. And it's just like, oh, whatever. I don't care. Because, and I'm going, I'm jumping ahead. Because in order for like you to be present while Almer was like attacking his victims, they, like Brian was so out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he had no clue what even happened. No, he was uh, done. Like he was admiring like the light show and all the weird stuff that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, eventually Brian kind of comes to, he's got that gross like puncture wound on the back of his neck and it's, there's still like all that blood on there and everything. Mm, and the blood, oh, the blood on his pillow and uh, bed sheet. It was just, it's like clean that up, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was pretty so gross. nasty. Pretty gross. And he starts having like conversations with someone that you can tell that he believes is there with him, even though there's for all intents and purposes, no one else in the room with him. Yeah. Now the stomach noises. I don't think I heard those. Oh, you're kidding me. So, okay. So for anybody out there watching it, any of the stomach noises that you hear are actually the actor's stomach when he drinks coffee, his stomach would make that noise. So they left it in there. Wow. Any of the stomach growls, that's actually really the actor's stomach. I didn't hear those stomach noises. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, if you ever watch it again, Rob, you'll hear, you'll totally hear it. Okay. Um, So this is when we, Brian, along with us, get our first view of Almer because he is looking in the mirror, trying to figure everything out. And then Almer kind of pops up over his shoulder and says, Hi. So now we've got Almer in a bucket of water on <laughs> Brian's bed. And then Almer's just giving this spiel about how like Brian's life is going to be now that they're together. Yeah. It's going to be like really good. And he's just got to look into the light and everything. Um, and he's just got to <laughs> agree to take Almer for a walk every now and then when he's hungry. And all I'm just thinking is like Brian took a mega dump. Put it in a bucket, and now we've got Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh talking to him. Because that's what it looked like to me. Right? He's like, all you got to do is put me on the back of your neck and trust me. (laughs) And that's pretty much exactly what he does. And then we see, like, so when Almer opens his mouth, it's just filled with these rows of teeth. And this, like, little proboscis thing comes out and then goes back to that puncture wound. and just. Fills Brian's brain with that blue juice. And didn't the didn't one of the now I don't know if that was the his uh mosquito like thing, but it was blue, but it also looked like one of those swirly straws. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> like, like a little bendy straw. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, and so this is when the concert's over. And Mike and Barbara have returned, but realize that Brian's nowhere to be found, which is counter to what they were expecting. Because if he was as awful as they thought he was, he should be like, you know, passed out in his bed, but he's not even there. Yeah. Um, And now this is when Barbara's kind of like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't even cared about, you know, been concerned about him being sick at all, because clearly he wasn't as bad as I thought he was. Yeah, he wasn't sick enough to not leave the house. Right. And then this is where Mike kind of offers to walk her home. Mm, yeah and see that's where okay see that part and the when they walked into the bedroom and like he was just hanging on to her back like they were uh pretending to sneak into the room or something i was yes, like yeah yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's definitely trying to put the moves on her yes yeah 
Okay, so just real quick tangent. When things like that, because they do happen, and I always think, is there no one else in the world that you could be sexually attracted to other than someone your sibling has slept with? Mm, yeah. That. I just find that odd. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> that's your. I'm not kink shaming. I just. To no, me, you're like, right about just, that. That is a little strange because it especially. Seems like it opens like a. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, like you're saying, you know, it's uh, it's somebody that you're your brother is your brother or sister is currently with. And then all of a sudden it's like, suddenly you have an attraction to them. And so it's just, it feels almost as wrong as like incest, you know? It's uh, Well, it just seems like it opens up a whole can of worms. that's going to make every single holiday uncomfortable. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. what? Well, okay. So we're moving on. Otherwise I'll just keep on about that. I'll become a Jerry Springer show. Anyway. So now this is where, um, Brian's outside and he discovers that basic uh, junkyard for cars. Yeah. And something must've like, he was, excuse me, I was taking a drink. He was super lit. Oh yeah. He and was so like high like, as a kite. Yeah. yeah the yeah. crazy stuff he must've been seeing, but like what caught his eye was something he saw through the fence in the car junkyard. And it, it's like, all you see is like weird light show and things glowing in that pastel, almost like glow. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, what, what's so awe inspiring about that? I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, he saw something that he really dug. So he had to break into the junkyard. Now, because Walt and I were talking about this, that place looked horrifying to me because the thought of like smash cars stacked upon smash cars, stacked upon smash car seems so unsafe to me. Like, they could just topple upon you at any minute and kill you. Yeah. Or they could, um, like when I was a kid and I was playing, there was a car that had a, a piece, ja like a jagged piece sticking out and it was all rusty and everything. And I sliced my leg open running by it. Oh and yeah. It's like tetanus wonder. Yeah. So I had to get a tetanus shot for that. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it just, the, so, I don't even need Almer to make it horrifying. It's just scary yeah, enough as it was. It's definitely not a place I would find like interesting at all. No, not at all. But it was not left unguarded because there's a security man there who hears, because Brian's not quiet at all about all this. He's like yelling and screaming. So the security guard goes out to investigate and he has Brian like, you know, in the position and he's frisking him and he thinks that Almer is actually some kind of weapon. Oh, he's yeah. So him. he's his turn around. Yeah. What and the hell is this on your side? And <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's when Almer just goes to town on the guy's forehead, drilling his way into his brain. And then Brian's so out of it, he doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah. He's just like in another world. Yeah. But that so was like. uh you know how we've gone back back and forth on this before with like uh, the kindred where those things kind of burrow into the skin. And, and then yes. there was a couple other movies with like burrowing into the skin. And that reminded me of like when Almer was doing that. I was like, oh, he's he's burrowing into that guy's brain. Yeah. And with if once you I mean, if you're familiar with the movie or once you watch it or whatever, once you see his teeth like. They look like they could go through skull, like bone. Yeah. They look like they could just make get in there really quick. Like they were made for that. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And then now, so uh, Ryan's back home and um, this is where Mike is saying on the phone 
to Barbara that he's like a completely different person. He's not going to work anymore. He never leaves that room. Um, he's got to, oh, oh. So earlier on, the apartment of the couple had tons of locks on it. Well, now yeah. Brian has done the same thing. He's got tons of lock on his bedroom door and tons of locks on the bathroom. Right. Uh, because he spends <laughs> lots of time in the bathtub with Alma. He spends um, <laughs> Which I love. And he's got all these buckets of water that he fills like four times a day, according to Mike. And does no um, one question the color of that water, too? No. Like, it, it was blue water. I mean, you're going to think something. Like, if you see blue water, you're like, well, okay, right, why is this right. water blue? Right. And, and this, <laughs> and then like, Almer's like playing with him in the bathtub, like he's squirting him and he's like giggling like a kid. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was hilarious. I was like, all right, yeah. this guy is, <laughs> I'm thinking of the Eddie Murphy joke where he's like, G.I. Joe is swimming in the water. And then a big brown shark came. And I was just like, yeah, he's playing with his poop in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Elmer had squirted like some of his blue juice on. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and like Mike's like things are really getting weird around here. Yeah, as if they weren't weird enough already. Right, exactly. So now Brian really doesn't care about anything else. So he's got Barbara at a restaurant, and she's like in a relationship still in her mind, and Brian's like. It's just Brian and Elmer from now on, as far as he's concerned. <laughs> yep. And so, so like, it's she's responding as someone who's got a totally different outlook and information on things to someone else who knows more information. They're privy to a different set of of uh, cir- um, like circumstances and issues, and they know they really know what's going on, but they really can't share it with this other person. Mm-hmm. So she's assuming he's hooked on drugs. And then she starts thinking he's involved with someone else because he can't explain to her because every time he goes to tell her, Almer prevents it from happening by causing him like pain. Oh, is that when the stomach sounds happen? No, they start right away. Like when you go back and listen, like as soon as like Almer gets involved with him, the stomach noises happen. Oh, okay. Because I do yeah. remember hearing like- They're some happening weird... all throughout. They're all throughout they happen. Okay. Yeah, so you can remember a stomach noise that really is his stomach caused by coffee. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when he's trying to explain to her and Elmer keeps doing that weird shit and like you hear gurgling stuff. And right, right. Yeah. So I yeah. thought that was the stomach noise part. Yeah. So. Oh, OK. And so at the restaurant, they it's an Italian restaurant, I'm assuming, because he has a plate full of meatballs. But the meatballs, because he's having like hallucinations, start becoming pulsating brains. Yeah. And first it's one and then it's yeah. two. <laughs> And she's trying to calm him down and he's having none of it. And he just like rushes off. And she's now she's on the assumption that he is with somebody else. And she's thinking he's clearly on something. So she's like all confused. Well, he runs out and she tries to catch up with it, but he just rushes off and he heads to like a, at first it looked like an alleyway. I thought. Yeah. That's that, what I thought too. I was like, Oh, he's just going to hang out in an alley and, well, and then that's where we see that really sad homeless man drinking from a bottle. Oh, and the, and he's talking, right? But I couldn't make sense of what right. he was saying. Okay, I thought that they were setting that. I'm like, there's your next victim. Like, there's Almer's next meal. That's exactly what I thought, too. Yes, but no. 
that he was just there for no reason, I guess. Um, but <laughs> they had anyways, to give, it was like somebody's uh, cousin or uncle or whatever. They had to give right, him a part. But, <laughs> but anyway, so where uh, Brian has ended up is actually the entrance to hell, <laughs> which is like a punk club. The gates of hell. Yes. And um, who and was he's like, playing? Do you know who that band was? I didn't look it up, oh. but I did feel like the uh, lead singer's voice. It sounded not, like the guy from the cramps, but I didn't feel it matched with the, his image. No, it didn't. Like the voice all. to me didn't come from the man, like the look he was giving. Right. Um, like I'm reminded of either the guy from the cramps or he sounded a little bit like Les Claypool as well. Um, and I was but, just trying to, fi- I'm still trying to figure that thing out. But what we got was like a kind of a mullet look with sunglasses and like, uh, like a long, like, uh overcoat like um kind of think of simple minds in a way yeah the overcoat it was very yeah it was very like new wave kind of sort of yeah not just not his it was just jarring to me i'm not not judging either one they just to me they didn't gel in my mind but anyway so at the club brian's riding high and there's this girl at the bar who makes a beeline for him and she's clearly interested in more than Brian is capable of giving her in the state he's in. Yeah. Like I, I didn't understand. Like she could clearly tell that he was zoned out of his mind, but she still pursued him. She sure did. Um, Cause now I don't know. I'm kind of out of touch with things like this. Like I always have been, cause I'm really kind of, uh, I'm square in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, but I would think someone in that state couldn't perform. I would think. Yeah, mate. I mean, I don't know. especially I if their it. mind is elsewhere, like they're they're basically having like ADHD on steroids. And so they're not able to concentrate on what you want them to concentrate on. That's what I was thinking. But anyway, she's like a dog on a bone. Um, no, I, I don't mean that. Like, she's very pretty. I don't mean. But I'm just saying like she like she really wants to be with Brian. So they end up uh, like leaving the group of people and they find this like little second room, which was a boiler room that belonged to a different building. And that's the scene where they had like, again, no permit to be there. And they just did it like on the sly. Mm. So she go now, can you tell me, uh, can you tell me what happens? Cause I'm curious because on the theatrical release, there were some scenes that were cut. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I got to see the uncut version, I guess. Okay. Okay. So she, you know, she gets on her knees. He's like out of it, but she is still like wanting, uh, she's wanting the D. So <laughs> she gets on her knees and she reaches into his pants and, uh, out because pops- she's felt, but because she's felt Almer and she <laughs> yes. thinks that Ryan's packing <laughs> out pops Almer into her mouth. And it, we get an extended fellatio scene where it's, uh, Let's just say it's not fellatio. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no, no. And I guess um, this was so bad that the crew walked out of the production refusing to work on this scene. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess the same, a similar incident happened during the shooting of Basket Case. So uh, there you go. Take from that Mr. what Head you will. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I thought the scene uh, turned out well, though. Like he like because it. it for all intents and purposes, I, I almost think maybe she had something in her mouth. 
because he pulls the brain out and it looks like it falls from her lips. And like, I thought the scene looked really good. Yeah. Like apparently Almer had like sucked her brain out through her mouth. Yeah. Well, I'm imagining he probably went up and like bit up through the roof of her mouth to get to the brain. That's how I oh, think. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. With those little sharp ass teeth of his. Cause they're like pointy as needles. That is just a horrifying He's cute. He's cute. <laughs> but like his rows and rows of teeth are very horrifying. Yeah. And I, I'm sure like he's got the ability to pretty much gnaw through anything in seconds. In seconds. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And then Brian's like. So while this is going on, he's almost like an orgasmic ecstasy. Right. I was just going to say that. So like is Almer doing something while that's happening to to make Brian feel like he's like on his end. Yeah. With that little tail of his, I don't know. I didn't even go there. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Where was his tail? Mm, I don't know. Um, So now there's just a real brief scene where the brother's talking to the girlfriend and everything. And he's, you know, just kind of explained to her that he's not there and whatever. But then we see Brian in the alley and he just drops prowl. Yes. And did you the the pieces of brain on his shorts? Yeah, because what he's doing is going through the trash to find other clothes. And so he's thrown his pants away and he puts on clean clothes cuz like you said there's brain fragments and blood all over his underwear. Mhm. So while this is happening out of a dark doorway off to the alley side Mr. Ackerman comes out the previous owner. And that's where he says that you're a fool because you're feeding him human brains and you're making him strong by doing that. Mm -hmm. So the couple were feeding him animal brains because somehow that weakened Almer's strength. Yeah. And yeah. And then he kind of goes into that. Almer was like an all inspiring famous one. And he's a living relic of civilization's past. And he's been around for decades and he's come from like different, like uh, he was like uh, for a while, he was a um, Matt, Matt, Mabuchu chief had him and then Germans had him. And he went from host to host until he ended up with Mr. Ackerman and he went, Mr. Ackerman wants him back. <laughs> yep. He wants, he wants his blue juice. Right. And there's a real brief tussle, but then Brian runs back to his apartment. So this is where Mike tells Brian that Barbara's been calling and she's upset. And then Brian starts packing all of his clothes and belongings and that he and Almer are leaving. Yeah, he said he's going to he's going to sort this out like he wants to be the one in control. You know, that whole that whole thing. And um, his brother doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Right. So Mr. Hennenlotter came up with this after he struggled and uh, beat his addiction to cocaine. So oh, this wow. is clearly okay. a story of addiction. Yes, it, it does seem that way because like there's a lot of tongue in cheek parts placed in there, but it is like this guy is clearly struggling with being addicted to whatever the hell is uh, Elmer's, you know, emitting from, from his little neck thing. Yes. And at this point, Brian is like, I've, I'm going to, I'm in control. This is not in control of me. I'm in control. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say when this happens and I, you know, so 
He's of the mindset that this doesn't have power over him. He's going to take back the power and he's going to have power over it. Yeah. Um, and I do like how supportive, even though he wants to sleep with his girlfriend, how supportive Mike is. And he's like, you know, I, if you just tell us what's happening, you know, Barbara and I are both here for you and blah, blah, blah. But Brian's just out the door. Uh, but he didn't even bring his buckets, which I thought was a bad move on his part. Yeah, because doesn't Elmer have to be kept moist, maybe? like Yes. And I want you to just exactly what you said. Keep that in mind because we're moving to the Sunshine Hotel now. Okay. So Brian ends up in this hotel and it's a dump. Like it's, I think it's like, <laughs> to me, like no one would work behind the counter of this hotel. It would just be a cockroach that would check you in. <laughs> a cockroach or maybe a, a fly larvae or something. Right. <laughs> the, fry, the fly larvae would like drag your <laughs> luggage up to the the room but real slow. really slow yeah you could hear like <laughs> maggot sounds <laughs> right <laughs> okay so what you just said about this about the buckets mm -hmm. so this whole time almer's in a sink but there's no water in the sink and i thought he had to have liquid right because he was in a bathtub he was in yeah. buckets yeah so he's okay. in an empty sink it's completely yeah. dry Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. So that just was another thing, kind of like Fright Night with like the whole like faith thing. I'm like, doesn't Elmer have to be in water? But okay. I just want to get your spin on that. <laughs> He's going to dry out. Right. <laughs> He'll have a dry powder donut, <laughs> Elmer. <laughs> Is that a bear claw? <laughs> anyway. Okay. So now Brian wants answers because he's like, you know, did that old guy tell me the truth? And um, Almer's like, you know, I'll just leave. And then that's when Brian kind of freaks out. He's like, well, I don't want you to leave. He's like, but I can't remember last night. And I, I had these bloody underwear and I just want to know what happened. And so <laughs> I thought it was funny because Almer just like tries to ease his concerns by telling him the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts like, yeah, I can tell you about the guard, too. And Brian's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you did ask to know what was going on. So Yeah, and then and then Elmer and his like really calming voice is like, Well, just put me on the back of your neck. It'll be okay. And then Brian's <laughs> like, No, no. Um so basically Brian begins to go through really bad withdrawals. Yeah, and I love how their clothes come off so quickly. It's like one scene. And then the next scene, it's like he's huddled up on the floor in his underwear. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and really sweaty. Like yeah. he's got like stains. Like it's not just wet. It's like turn yellow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like he's been there for days. Yeah. Right. Right. And then Elmer's like, you know, no brain, no juice. Uh, and he starts like taunting him and everything. Um, he's like, hey, why don't we go get some sex workers? <laughs> and uh, I like Brian looks horrible. He and does, then this is yeah. where we get that scene where he like picks something out of his ear and then starts pulling like this long oh, thing out of his ear. Yeah. The, the brain pull magic trick. I call that. Uh, yeah. And then like his ear comes off and then just a stream of blood pours out of it. Uh, did you see that? Yes, I did. And Elmer okay. said something to the effect of you've lost your mind. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And, like because... as, as the brain and blood is leaking out of the side of his head. Yes, because clearly that was another like uh, hallucination. But that was another scene that was cut theatrically for a long time. Really? That, that wasn't too gruesome. I mean, they're 
in other movies, there was a lot of things, a lot more gruesome than that. So, right. Right. I think sometimes the, the board, uh, the, that would, um, review these movies, it was very hit or miss with what they did. I think I do. I feel that way. Maybe like yeah. what they would. Okay. And what they wouldn't. Okay. I just, it seemed like there was no logic to it or no rhyme or reason to what they would allow and wouldn't allow. It was all very, uh, Happenstantial, right? Like, remember we were when we were doing Galaxy of Terror and like the maggot rape yes. scene. Yeah, right, and, right, right. And exactly. they they let that slide. Like, oh, that that's nothing. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the Sid Haig like minute and a half nude scene. No, that's got to go. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and then like again, like the Ackermans, we see that Brian's like on the floor, foaming at the mouth and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's in a fetal position, and then he kind of awakens to Almer singing. <laughs> Oh yeah. And like, that was one of this guy, like the, the voice actor that you were talking yeah, about is incredibly uh-huh. like dude is charismatic as all get out. Yeah. He's really fun. Yeah. Um, which again, if you ever look at him, he doesn't look like he would be like this, but I'm really more familiar with his makeup. Cause he like darkens his eyes and he combs his hair like real straight down. He almost looks like, um, the old, uh, I think it's Lon Chaney Phantom of the Opera when he does his makeup and everything for his horror hosting. Oh, gigs. okay. Yeah. But anyway, and th- it's really kind of sad because this is when like he crawls to the sink and he's like crying and just begging him to like help him and feed him and everything. And it was gross because he had his mouth on that dirty ass sink. Oh yeah. 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 It was pretty disgusting. So now Brian's made it to the hallway of the hotel and he's just trying every single door to get in, to get to somebody. Mm-hmm. So he eventually hears someone coming up and he kind of backs around the corner. Yeah. And this, so, this biker guy is talking about how the world is, uh, the world is ending or some, some weird kind of spiel. But the dude next to him is the one I was more concerned with because he looked like he was sleepwalking. Oh, yes. He, okay. So Mr. Hannon Lauder because people have accused him of this having very like um, kind of like gay overtones with like, you know, Almer being so phallic and everything. And just, uh, well, just, just homosexual overtones and his reasoning, and especially with another scene coming up, but his reasoning was a lot of people addiction will lead them into sex work just to keep that addiction going. Oh, okay. So, and I, Walt and I were discussing this because, you know, I, I, to me, I got the impression that the biker guy was probably this guy's, like, uh, the other guy so behind his, him. So his the, hookup. Yeah. Like the, exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I was taking this as because the other guy looked so out of it. And I bet I'm, I'm thinking, this other person was probably addicted and he, yeah. he was going to this hotel room with this other guy. Cause it didn't look like the kind of hotel room you'd stay longer than an hour at. If you know what I mean? Yeah. You definitely wouldn't be sleeping there at night. It's like a come and go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come and go. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and the other one just seemed really out of it. And I thought that's exactly what this is. Yeah. That, that guy was definitely chasing the dragon. Right. Exactly. Um, now, I found the transition to this next scene really jarring because we see (laughs) Brian back up to this like swinging saloon door. Yeah. 
Okay, like from a Western. And then all of a sudden he's in like a communal shower with a towel on. So how the, uh, <laughs> first of all, yes. So in motels in, in the late 80s had communal showers. And um, also, did they add makeup to his chest to make him look like he was, like he had bed sores and some weird kind of pimples? Or was that just like a allergic reaction to something, do you think? Okay, so let's break this down. Okay. The community showers, I'm thinking in somewhere like this, because it was just a room. Like the hotel place, you mm -hmm. only had a bed and that shitty sink. Yeah. So I bet you, yes, places like that. Oh, 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 oh. So this, the, this was a set, but the, like the outside of the hotel was, a, was a, what they called a flop house in the documentary I watched. And that really was like a like a place where you, like you didn't stay very long. And it was for transient people and things like that. Okay. Um, so technically, those kinds of places, I bet you they did have community showers. That would be my guess. Now, as far as the makeup, I think they were trying to make Brian look really sick and like how you would look if you were going through withdrawals. That's my guess. Okay. Yeah, I was just he wondering. did look really white, didn't he? I thought he looked like ghostly white. Oh, yeah. He was super pale, but then he had like these little orange sores like dotted across his chest. And like yeah. on his neck and everything. And I was like, did they, did they have like an accident where he had razor burn? You know, they tried to remove the hair from his body and they gave him razor burn and, you know, just shot the yeah. film like that. It just looks really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Mr. Gonzalez, who looks wonderful <laughs> naked. And I put down thank you movie because I, he goes in the shower and there's another man in there just showering. I thought that guy was a pro wrestler or something. Man, for real. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, but again, to me, this is much like uh, the, even more so than the other man we talked about outside the hell club, because I thought this was going to be Elmer's next victim. Oh, that's what I thought too, because when he left, when he kind of, Elmer kind of slithered away, he slides um, out from underneath uh, Brian's towel. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I was like, okay, really he's going to go for yeah. the muscle man there. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was just to get butt, I guess, which I'm totally fine. I'm fine with it. Um, <laughs> Extended butt shot. Right. Now. Okay. So, and it doesn't bother me, but like, here's where I think like the transition scenes are very odd. So suddenly we go from the hallway and we're in a communal shower. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we're in like, a bathroom with rows of toilets. Right. How did we get from the shower to the bathroom? It's very, there's just no segue to it. We're just there. Okay. Yeah. So there's a guy in the toilet, like the last toilet, reading a comic book. And he called, is it Jamel or something? Lamont. He's like, Lamont? And I'm like, well, I don't know who Lamont is, but I guess he was waiting for Lamont. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, and he's reading a comic. Is that the same guy that was with the the biker looking dude? You know, um, and he was no. really high. Okay, that's no. a different person. Because that one looked almost um maybe Asian, and this guy is African American. Okay, yeah, I couldn't tell. It happened so fast, and like I was trying to focus on three different things. Like, what is this guy talking about? What's uh, you know, what's the little brain creature going to do? And why is that yeah. guy sleepwalking? Okay. All right. So now Brian's worried that it's going to be too loud in the bathroom. He's like trying to convince Almer not to do it. But mm -hmm. then he attacks the, the man on the John um, on the toilet. And there's just like so much blood spray. It's just like cartoonish the amount of blood <laughs> spray coming from this man. 
<laughs> just coming up and then also ending up on the floor and just like oozing. So the scenes where you said it's coming up in my mind, someone was just hunched down with like a ketchup thing full of the blood and just like <laughs> squeezing it and shaking. It. Yes, it was, I think like- so. <laughs> because that blood splatter was just like a constant stream. Like somebody, yes. <laughs> somebody had an erection. It was peeing blood. <laughs> blood. <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, so now apparently Brian's had enough of the hotel room. He's come back to his apartment and he's crawled back into bed. This is where Barbara has come back with the brother. And they've both been out looking for Brian and dad's worried too. Um, and the girlfriend just feels bad. And this is where Mike kind of slides in to comfort her. Oh, Yes. At first, she rebukes him in the kitchen, and then they say, no, they just, you know, start to make out in the kitchen right there because it's so hot and sexy in that little tiny apartment they live in. <laughs> and then you, Brian can hear all this from the bed, but he's just very despondent. He's just kind of like laying there listening to it. Yeah. Uh, now they're nude. Um, and uh, so and then Mike sleeps on like a fold out couch, I think, in the living room because the place is really tiny. Yeah, it's one of those nasty looking 70s fold out couches. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And now they're like writhing and rolling around. Uh, and again, Brian's still listening to all of this and they're like making love now and Barbara's cooing and everything. Um, and then Brian starts hallucinating. And well, I, I, well, I like the scene where it's like shot. So you're kind of like, looking at Brian's bed, but like up between his legs. And then you see, it looks like he's getting an erection, but it's yes. actually Alma. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the way, the clever, the clever way of shooting things. And it's just yeah. like, like I said, it was done intentionally. And like all the stuff is tongue in cheek, basically. Like, yeah. especially like the fellatio scene and like just a bunch of other stuff. Um, it's pretty clever. I, I think so. Yeah. The scene that um, got me the most that had me questioning a couple things was the one where it's like Brian shows up to join in and it becomes a three way. But is he having sex with himself or is that his brother and the girlfriend? Um, oh, well, let's get can we, is OK. If we get there. Yeah, let's let's get okay. there. So anyway, so Almer kind of pokes his head out from underneath the sheet. And Brian like lifts him up, puts him on his neck, and then the, where we get the ceiling, but then it becomes like a galaxy, and then just like bursting lights everywhere. Yeah. And then we see it's like dark, and the brother's there standing with the sister, but then Brian comes in behind Barbara, and it looks like kind of a three-way, but then you see that on Brian's chest are like those little blue suckers. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. Almer has on his chest. And then uh, Brian lies Barbara back and then he like sits up because he's eating her brain. Yeah. Like she's she's orgasmic and he's kissing her forehead at first. And then all of a sudden he's gnawing on her forehead. And uh, yeah, that was really, really weird. Yeah. So this is where basically. That's another hallucination he's had because he comes out and he's like, I want you both gone before I get back. Um, And then because no one knows what's going on, the other two are assuming it's because he's upset because, you know, she's cheated on him with his brother, which Mm -hmm. is ick all the way around. Um, And he's like, uh, you know, when he gets hungry, he kills. I can't fight him and I don't want to be responsible for the death of either one of you. Um, And he just takes off. 
Barbara yeah. runs after him, trying to stop him. He's headed towards the uh, subway and she follows in suit, but she kind of hangs back just a little bit. Yeah, and I'm just like, you stupid girl, do not follow uh, him. Yeah, so down on the subway platform, she's like a couple of pillars apart from him. And then, so she's got a view of him and he steps kind of um, beside a pillar so it blocks him from her view, but then he throws his head back because basically Almer has injected him with more blue goo. Oh. He steps on the subway car. She gets on with him and then goes right to him and sits down. Yes, which is not smart. Not no. smart at all. Because she's trying to talk to him. And then you can see, like, from his point of view, that he's high again because, like, she's in all multicolors and everything. Yep. Now, there's a gentleman who gets on the car with a big wooden basket box and immediately my mind went to basket case and apparently yes. that's what it it's supposed to be there because of that yeah that is the actor from basket case um and of course we're supposed to assume of course that that is his brother that he's carrying along with him um which i thought was really fun because he looks scared as hell and just gets up and moves away <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i really love that i thought that was great <laughs> i thought that was really really fun that he did that um and then just really quickly, uh, the character from Basket Case would be Dwayne, and that was played by Kevin Van Henterick. I think I said that right. Um, V-A-N and then capital H-E-N-T-E-N-R-Y-C-K. Um, and he was Dwayne in all three of the Basket Case movies. But anyway, so now we're back. Um, and he's on the subway. Um, I think this was the only uh, place that they actually had a permit to work on that they didn't sneak to do it was the subway. They had a permit to do that. So they're on the, the subway and um, she goes in for a kiss, but that's actually when, oh, oh, and I do love real quick, where like the subway, when you ride it, there's like darkness and light, the flashes. Yeah. And every time it goes light, um, yeah. Elmer pops out of his mouth. Yeah. They did like that animated Elmer. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but then, so it. For everyone on the subway, for all intents and purposes, it's just a couple making out. But what it is, is Almer attacking Barbara and killing her yeah. via the kiss. And yeah. at this point, I thought that Almer had completely taken over Brian. Um, and it was just using his body as a means to, like, get brains in other ways. Mm -hmm. That's really now, what I had thought. Yes. Um so as he as he backs off, leaving her body just laying there with blood trickling out of her mouth, as he backs off, I like that the one uh, subway writer newspaper said killer loose in the city. Did oh, you know yes. I noticed that, too. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but her body's still on there and the subway just takes off and she's her body's just like rocking as it, <laughs> as it pulls away. <laughs> so now he's back in the alley and he's ditching his shirt that's covered in Barbara's blood. Yeah. The both of the Ackerman show up this time and they're packing heat. And man, their skin was just falling off their body at this oh, point. Oh, they are bad. They got it bad. So Mrs. Ackerman is frisking Brian and she feels uh, Elmer on his back. But Brian's like, I need him or I'll get sick. And this is where she's like stroking Elmer in like that really weird, creepy way. Oh, and yeah. Grabs him and takes him <laughs> off. <laughs> But then Almer turns on her and just jumps to her forehead and starts oh, attacking yeah. her. And I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh, he's he's not going to attack them. Like, But yeah, he but did. Because they're the ones that kept him weak. He's not going to go back with them. 
No, but I just I didn't think that he was going to attack them for some reason. Yeah, he's like, screw you two. I'm I'm done with you. Yeah. So she stumbles kind of back into the apartment building out of Brian's sight. And then Mr. Ackerman hears her like screaming because he knows what's going on. So he goes in there to wrestle Almer off of his wife. But in the interim, the gun slides into the alleyway. Yeah. So now Mr. Ackerman comes out with Elmer attached to the side of his head and Elmer's, you know, like drilling his way into there. Um, this is where uh, B, Brian, B, Brian believes that Mr. Ackerman is dead and then he grabs E and he goes to put him on the back of his neck. But Mr. Ackerman is not dead. Oh, and while while uh, Almer is injecting his blue juice into yes. the back of his neck, Mr. Ackerman squeezes the crap out of him, <laughs> <laughs> which injects like a whole crap load of blue juice into into Brian's brain. Yes. Overload, overdose, yeah. basically. Yes. So now this causes Brian. It's, is that like his temporal lobe, I wonder? I'm not sure, but there was a whole lot of lightning happening there. Well, and it starts to like bubble almost. Yeah. Like swell, like a, it's clearly like a, almost like a balloon blowing up on that one corner of his Like a tumor just breaking through his head or something. Yes. So now we're back up at the apartment and Mike hears the pounding on the door. Brian comes in screaming and bloody and his forehead is now like, it's another bubble on top of that bubble. And he's got the gun still from Mr. Ackerman. He's going to attempt suicide. Now we're back. So we're looking up at Brian's bedroom window. And you see like through the blinds, there's that bright flash of light. Yeah. And you hear the gunshot. And then the police officer from downstairs and Mike and all the onlookers from downstairs rush in to find Brian with this gaping hole in his head but it's emitting this bright light with lightning shooting out of it yeah like he's still very much alive and he's just like uh an intergalactic television set or a beacon of some sort it's just light and lightning and i didn't know what was going on by this point i was like huh (laughs) what did i just watch so mr hannenlotter wanted to be ambiguous but he wanted it to pretty much be like he had overdosed Okay. Yeah. So that was Mr. Hennenlotter's take on the whole thing, but he did want to re- have it remain ambiguous to the audience. I see. To me, I'm like, if you, if, if you've got that going on, you're definitely not okay. Yeah, you're <laughs> definitely not. No. Things aren't going to work out well for Brian, no matter what. <laughs> like what I was actually thinking was since uh, Mr. Ackerman had squeezed the life out of uh, Almer that maybe all of the juice injected into Brian's head created another kind of brain parasite. And so like that parasite was going to burst through his head and like we would have another Almer on our hands. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. That, that yeah, was which, my thought. Yeah. And there's, I mean, he left it ambiguous. You could totally be right. Mm. Um, so now what did you think of it? I loved it. I mean, I don't, have any more expectations going into these things because I don't want to taint my experience. So it's just like, I don't think about the movie at all. I just watch it. And then I'm like, okay, this is 
But this was like everything that happened in this movie. It was just completely insane. And I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was a fun ride. You just let the blue water wash over you. Yes, I just, uh, even though I was drowning, I was so, I was so euphoric that I just went under the blue water completely. Awesome. I'm glad you liked it. That makes me, I, that makes me so happy. I can't tell you that how happy it makes me. Um, so would you recommend it to other people? I would. This is, this is one of those trippy movies where it's like, you can't go into it expecting like a, mo- uh, like a typical monster movie that this has a lot of, uh, would it, would it be allegories? I think so. Okay. Yeah. The, well, yeah, it does have a lot of allegories to it and, it's like there's more to it than just like monster fun. And um, it's it's definitely a trip and a half. Like it, it kind of reminds me in a way of extra like with all the fever dream kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. So this movie is like very trippy, but I would recommend it. And I would say to anybody, give it a chance if you haven't seen it. Like to piggyback off what you said, you could watch it and just take it at face value. Mm-hmm. And it would be enjoyable. But also knowing what you know about the director and what he went through, like you said, it is an allegory for uh, addiction and abuse. And then you can read more into it. But if you don't know that and you don't pick up on that, it's still a very uh, entertaining horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's um, got it's uh, it's got its funny parts. It's got its gruesome parts. I mean, it, it has all the makings of a horror movie that you would you would enjoy. Yes. Now, uh, just real quick, it was not well received when it first came out. Like people just wanted another basket case and they were not happy with this one. Like it took it a while to actually get kind of the cult following that it has. Oh, hey, you know what? This this kind of reminds me of like the last Lovecraft or John dies at the end. Like, you know, those trippy ass movies. Right. Yes. Well, it is. It's like a like a trip. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, it feels kind of like a trip. Oh, yeah, um, it does. I imagine because um, I'm square, um, square. <laughs> and I'm not judging anyone. Um, now, for me, I love this movie. Um, I love Frank Henenlotter films. Actually, as far as the director. This one and Frankenhooker are actually two of my favorites of his. Um, I know everyone loves Basket Case and I'm not saying it's bad, but just as far as appealing to me, it's this one and Frankenhooker that I love the most. Um, would I recommend it? Oh, my gosh, yes. If you're looking for an incredibly fun kind of twisted monster creature feature, this is it. Um, I think the actual creature is very fun. I think um, that uh, Mr. Zachary's performance like bumps it up way to another level. Um, If it would have been someone else, I don't think it would have been nearly as memorable. Um, so just kudos to him and everyone involved in the little like design of it. Um, I think the gore is like on point um, for, all, for all the practical effects. I think just bravo to everyone involved. I think it was just really fun. Um, you know, and Mr. Gonzalez, if you're listening, call me. Um, <laughs> he He's probably pretty old now. I don't care. He'll always look like that in my mind. <laughs> Um, okay. no, I just had a load of fun with this. I, I, I'm so happy you enjoyed it. I, like I said, with this podcast, my hope is that people, if you aren't familiar with it, or if you haven't seen a long time, you go back and watch it and you either fall in love with it again, or you find a new favorite movie. Yeah. Um, cause I, I really do like this one a lot and I'm so happy that you were open to watching it with me. 
Of course, that that's what I'm here for. This movie was a wild ride. Good. That makes me happy. Um, now, next time we meet, we're going to be doing House with William Cat from 1985. Mm-hmm. And Richard Mall too. Richard Mall's in it. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. He plays the uh, the dead soldier. Yes. Yes. The dead soldier. Um, oh, and who's the girl? I love the woman, his ex-wife. Oh, shoot. Um, oh, man. Oh, I love her. Let me look it up real quick. Oh, I gosh, just, it's on the I tip just of remember tongue. Richard Mall because I, I was a big time night court watcher. So. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's oh, going to drive me crazy. She did the really great movie where she played a police officer who goes undercover as a stripper um, to catch a killer. Uh, and it's, it's a Roger Corman movie. So that tells you right there what you're in for. Oh my gosh. What is her name? Huh. Uh, okay. House. I don't, I don't think I've seen that movie that you're talking about. <laughs> oh, oh, Kay Lenz. Her name is Kay Lenz. I love Kay Lenz. Okay. Let me see. Uh, is it stripped to kill? I don't want to lie to you. Let me look it up real quick. I think it might be stripped to kill. It's it's something else. Um, naked and afraid. It's not right. It's not. Um, it's not the most PC film. Yes, it is stripped to kill from 1987, and she plays Detective Cody uh, Sheenan. S H E E N A N. Oh, and if I'm not mistaken, it has Greg Evigan with a beard. Yes, yes, that's why. Yes, Greg Evigan with a beard. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he's the neighbor, right? He's her boyfriend. He's a cop too. Oh, then who's the who's the neighbor? Wait, I'm talking about Strip to Kill. Oh no, I'm talking about House. No, okay. Greg Evigan is not in House. He's in he's in Strip to Kill. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. I got I got a little confused there. <laughs> no, George, uh, from um, from Cheers, right? Yes, yeah. I do Cheers? not. Even if he has a beard, I, I not. No offense to the man from Cheers, but he's not Greg Evigan. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so anyway, uh, that's what we're doing next week. We hope you'll join us for that. Um, and then, um, coming up down the pipeline, someone has reached out. They do want us to cover a movie. Um, and we will get that worked in there. So we appreciate you reaching out to us because we do listen. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, uh, I am always lurking on Instagram at midnight mass creature cast. Yeah, or uh, send us an email because our inbox is empty all the time. I'm going to cry. Um, no. um, it's mmccpod at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, we we will respond to you. Sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. Like I had something I was going to say and then I just forgot it. Just a oh, brain that's fart. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have it- to mark this part for edit. Or <laughs> right, I was going to say, if you want to just reenact. Mr. Gonzalez's scenes in the film, <laughs> just send the photos to me, uh, either via mail or Instagram. I will accept either. Yeah, I'm sure um, they could send you some uh, media media photos like through Instagram <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, what are those short films that, that, oh, reels, Instagram reels. That's what it there is. There you go. There you go. And as always, from the bottom of our dark hearts, we thank you for joining us because the more the scarier. Absolutely. And until next time, We hope you stay spooky.